Oof. Yeah, I am ready to roll. David, I, I hear your voice. I see you. And uh, would you like to introduce the movie? Yeah, I was just here meditating before we started, and it was just, yeah. It just, uh, again, I was, I was hearing that song, Oh Holy Night. I love it when I get into Christmas time, because I get all these Christmas tunes playing in my mind. And then, then right before we came on, it, was, it came on that line, uh, when he appeared and the soul knew its worth or something like that like like out of all time and space there's this still point when Christ appears and the soul knows its worth it finally it finally links in with oh my gosh this is this is the holiness this is why it's oh holy night so today um, yeah we have a kind of a, an interesting movie that uh, we discovered online on one of those services, and it, it just feels like it's got a lot of components of of freeing the mind from time and space. And uh, you know, when I first started studying the course, I I spent a lot of time really going into like, okay, let me just uh, in my mind, I just want to get this clear, <laughs> like, because I want it to be practical. But if I'm going to give up everything that I have as ambitions for the future and give up my life and give up everything. I, I want to, uh, I was like saying, can you, can you give me a little bit of a, of a context here? Because <laughs> it seems like a lot to let it all go. And basically what I was told was, well, God is the author of reality. And what God authors is eternal and it's forever. I said, okay. That sounds good. And then, and it's like, well, everyone who seems to come to this world has an authority problem, an authorship problem. Okay, what? Why is that? It's it's a pushing away, pushing out of awareness that God is the author of reality. And then, then what? Believing why? What does it mean to come here to time and space to believe I can be the author of myself? Okay. Oh, okay, so God's the author, and I believe I can be the author of myself. And so that means that all I'm trying to do, or have been trying to do, every second of every minute of every day is to author an identity that's different from my true identity. It's like, yeah, you, you are doing this every second of the day. You are trying to control uh, a world of your own making. You are trying to make the world the way you want it to be, not as it really is, an illusion. Uh, you, are, you are trying to script it. Uh, you are trying to make yourself every second of every day. And every time you, you do, you feel upset because the authorship problem, the authority issue is getting exposed. And so it's going to have to be a complete surrender of, I was mistaken about all of it. I, have, I do not have the ability to create myself. Uh, I, I might as well give up this sense of trying to, to make my way through time and space and make an identity. And then ultimately, 
the belief that there's choice in form is this authority issue. There is no choice in form, and yet every time I prefer one thing over another thing, every time I insist that it be this way instead of that way, or go this way or go that way, that is the authority problem rising up, and it's still a reflection and a reverberation of the belief that I can create myself. And that is the core issue that we're dealing with. That's why our lives are Groundhog Day. We are constantly trying to make a better self, make a better world, make a better life, and, and we don't get it that the underpinning belief is, is impossible. And so we're attempting the impossible second after second, minute after minute, hour after hour, and day after day. So this movie, I think, is, is kind of a, a light-hearted, fun way. It's a Christmas movie, but uh, I think we'll all be able to relate to the main character uh, because she's pretty strong-minded in, in many areas, and she really thinks she knows something. And uh, so therefore she has some goals, and she's trying to rekindle... Uh, rekindle the flame with an old boyfriend that she can't let go of. Has any of us ever done that? Uh, or she's, she's, when there's things that are coming right before her that are for her awakening, uh, she's just pushing him away. I'm not now. No, I don't have time for this. No, I, I, really, universe, I have no time for this now. I have too many important things going on. She's, she's a good... Uh, a good metaphor for the human condition, and and that's one of the things that endeared me to this this movie. Uh, the spirit just keeps giving the main character the chances over and over, and yet again, and yet again, and yet again. And it doesn't matter if uh, if the ego is a tough nut to crack. It's God's will is for us to be happy, so the nut is already cracked, even if we can't see it. <laughs> But uh, that's why I think we'll enjoy this this one because it's it, it brings almost like a lightheartedness to something that is at times it seems like a pretty dramatic and serious uh, issue this authority issue. But um, I, I always like when humor is shed light on this whole thing. <laughs> so I think everybody, you're in for a treat, a Christmas undoing of the self-concept that we can all enjoy the ride together and laugh together with it. <laughs> so what I love about what this is leading yeah. up to is an old, an old line, and the truth shall set you free. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, she knew six months into it, but she was hoping that something would get better and get better. And it's and by exposing that to him, you know, he said, well, actually, you know, when your mom died, you became obsessed. And she didn't realize that, you know. So her telling his, her truth, him telling uh, his truth, leads her to the realization that it wasn't actually love that she was uh, going to marry for. It was actually fear, the fear of being alone. What a beautiful undoing. Just beautiful. <laughs> That's true. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you, Jeff. That's it. That's it. 
This is like a whole transformation of consciousness in one movie where you get to see it with all the little time segments. <laughs> yeah. It's not often that you can see it so clearly, but when you put these segments all together, you know, you can see the movements in the, in the, the perception, little by little, her becoming more gracious, more open, more giving, more extending, and, uh, and then she just seems happier and happier and happier as this movie goes along. Mm. It's so sweet. Mm, just relishing this. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, it's just, it's putting a whole different spin on the script that's written. You know, it's a chance. Like, the fact that, that we're actually getting to review what has already happened. You know, I, when I first heard that, I got hung up on that. Like, well, why the hell would I waste my time, you know, watching all of this again? It's to learn. You know, it's it's to it's to free um, free the mind from what I think is the truth. It's it's beautiful. Like it, it, it lightens this whole script. So okay, bring it on, and just accept each each thing as it happens. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of movies that come to mind. There's there's a the Matrix when um, Neo meets Morpheus, and they're talking for a while and. And um, Morpheus says, do you believe in destiny? And, and he says, uh, no, I don't like the idea that I'm not in control. And that's where this ego resistance comes in. Like, the ego doesn't like the script is written, the ego doesn't like the whole idea of destiny, but it projects the destiny out to form. And, and that's where the mind has such huge resistance. No, I don't, don't even tell me that it's all prearranged. Don't even tell me, because it's, it's too big of a threat. The ego likes choice. The ego likes to think it can pick and choose from everything in time and space and, and make the identity at once and construct it. And then it likes to do like, a, remember the old Oprah Winfrey makeovers? It likes to make itself not just once, but it loves makeovers. Every seeming lifetime, every seeming incarnation is what? A makeover, another makeover. It just makes itself over and over and over and over trying to find the truth. And it doesn't realize that the real destiny is not what's going to happen in the future, not what's going to happen in form, not what's going to happen in time, but the real destiny is the discovering, the Greeks called it, know thyself. Know thyself. That's what destiny is all about. You are destined to wake up. You are destined to realize who you are. You are destined to realize you are a perfect creation of God. Not in form, but in spirit, in eternity. And so, there's no way, though, to actually have that change of mind until the frustration with trying to do the redos, the makeovers, you know, like in, when they make a movie, cut. Okay, take two, cut. Take three, cut. 
Take four, all of these seeming incarnations are just spinning the wheels of how can I make myself better, how can I make myself differently. And, and then the fear is so strong, like she was so obsessed uh, with getting married to Jack. Everything was about getting married to Jack. Everything will be good because I won't be alone when I die. I'll, I'll have a, a, a partner. You know, all the whole thing, the, the huge drive to get Jack <laughs> is all out of fear. All out of fear of loneliness and trying to find a, a partner. And so it's great because these are some of the core uh, ego beliefs that the ego doesn't want you to see. You know, it doesn't want the mind to see the trick because if the, if the, if the trick is is noticed, if the trick is discovered, then the game, it's game over. Uh, yeah, as Stephen likes to say, game over. <laughs> game over, ego. It's, uh, once you get to that point where you see it, you know, you, you don't bite the bait anymore. And I love it, how she's just getting happier and happier and happier and discovering more and more and more that she was completely unaware of. Hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it, it all ties in to, to the letter from Dale. You know, here's Dale in prison, you know, in the physical prison. And I think somebody uh, said, yeah, but at least he can see the bars. It might have been Stephen. At least he can see the bars. <laughs> and then you bring up the matrix. And what did Morpheus say to, to uh, Neil? You are a prisoner of your own mind. And then we go to the movie Flight, where, you know, finally he allows all of this stuff to come up all around his alcoholism and, and admitting, you know, he has a problem. And, and he's sitting in the prison going, you know, you guys are going to think I'm crazy. He's talking to the, to the other prisoners. But here I am sitting in the prison, and this is the first time that I actually feel free. Why? Because he's freed his mind, you know. And, and she's removing all of this stuff, as each of these guys did, the undoing of the mind and freeing of the mind. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love how this all comes together. <laughs> well, we're in for the crescendo, then we'll have, a, I'm sure, a very lively, lively discussion. <laughs> we're getting down to the core, the core of specialness here. So why don't we pause it here? So, yeah, this last segment, you can see it was a couple, it was a go-around again with this trying to control fate. It was what I was just talking about before, where the fate is our ultimate destiny, and that's where the joy and the happiness comes in. But the fate can't be figured out in time. And when she had this, she thought, aha moment at the dinner table and thought, ah, you know, Jack didn't have the ring. He didn't have the ring. She just had her assumptions what that meant. She went from Jack didn't have the ring to Jack didn't propose to unless this something changes, unless I'm just not going to get out of this loop. I'm going to be 
stuck in this repeating day over and over. And you see again, it's the sabotage attempt of the I know mind, still thinking it has to figure out time and space, still figuring out this destiny thing in form. And that's why the Course is taking us to that place of, from the very beginning, nothing, first lesson, nothing I see means anything. It's all about trying to release the belief that you can fix, figure out, control, understand form, when time and space can never be understood. In fact, Jesus says you have to forgive first before you can understand. Somebody recently wrote that as a question, I think, on Facebook Messenger. Why do I have to forgive first before I can understand? And, and you want to notice this even when you work with the Course, because there's something in your mind that wants to study the Course, that wants to memorize the Course, that wants to figure out the Course, and wants to understand the Course. If the Course is your path, there's even something in your mind that wants to understand the Course, but in the end, the Course even is a theology, like a trampoline that you have to spring off of, and the truth cannot be described or explained, but only experienced. It's a destiny, it's an experience. It's an experience of identity. And you'll notice the temptation is always to try to figure something out. So she's, even with all of her progressions and her expansions, she had an assumption there. And then um, you could tell what was underneath that when she met Toby and she said, Phyllis is never going to show up and you're going to end up alone. We are going to end up alone. You see that? that darkness that's down there. That's the ego. You are alone. There's no way back. You'll not find your way home. You, you are destined to be little and separate. And that's what's underneath. That's the, that's the base of the authority issue that's driving this search. Searching for partners, searching for outcomes, searching for a happy dream in form, searching for the perfect outcome, the perfect answer in form. And all Jesus does is He says, seek not outside yourself, for it will fail and you will weep each time an idol falls. So every single outcome that the mind tries to lock into and is looking for its destiny in terms of form, all of its hidden goals, its secret goals, all of its fantasies, all of its hopes and wishes for happily ever after, like in the fairy tales. And did they live happily ever after? <laughs> you know, the, whatever the form is, that's, that's the thing that's not the destiny. So we got a good glimpse of that because she was, she was expanding, 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 and she even got to the point where she was ready to kiss Miles and she went back into her loop one more time and freaked out a little bit with this destiny idea, still trying to figure something out. And that's what this movie is really showing us, is, is you have to forgive the world. You can't, you can't understand it. You can't actually understand the world. 
you can't understand the cloaking device that was made to hide you and keep you from knowing who you are. So that's pretty profound. I like that part. Ah. <laughs> Sweet. We'll just have to take it one moment at a time. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you can tell how it feels when you, when you just sink into that moment and you don't have any expectations or history or ambitions or that's really what the, the letting go is. And yeah, you can see it in her experiences, all those layers of let go, one let go, a little let go at a time. And, yeah, how sweet in the end to take it, really go for it, yeah, in a, in a very positive way. Her whole day was, was very useful, just like in Groundhog Day where Phil, the weatherman, has to, the only way he gets out of the loop is to learn, in the end, to be truly helpful and to be inspired. And then, um, yeah. I think there was that movie, Before I Fall, too. I think that was the, very much at the end where she just saw that she had to give a gift and that it wasn't about the body. In the end of that movie, uh, it was her uh, body got hit, I think hit by a, a car or a truck, but, but she reached that state of mind of realizing it was all about giving. So, so the lesson's in the mind. It doesn't, there isn't anything like a happy ending that's part of the conditioning of the world, is to try to think that there are these fairy tales with happy endings, but the, the, the happiness is in the giving, is in the expansion. And wow, what it takes to learn that lesson. Even in the Course, uh, I was talking about Jesus, he, it says, you know, his little life on earth was was really nothing compared to the lesson, the huge lesson that that was taught, and that is the lesson of the Christ. The lesson of the Christ is is not bound by beginnings and endings. The lesson of the Christ is is not a lesson of time, uh, nor is it learned in time. It comes from the transcendence of time. And so when we talk about the birth of holiness, I love that movie because it, it's showing you again how you have to change your purpose or have a change of heart, so to speak, you know, from, from whatever is there that's limiting you, like her limits and fear of loneliness, uh, which was driving her. She finally uh, let that one be washed away. And uh, what do you think, Jeff, about that last scene, that party scene? You know, it's like that's the first scene in the movie where we have all those elements together. To me, that was like a, a, a harbinger of the happy dream where everyone could be there together in a festive, uh, reflecting that festivity of the mind without any uh, of that conflict. There was no hiding, there was no isolating. There was no trying to remove characters or 
things from the situation to heal the situation, but I saw that as seeing uh, seeing the world from a holistic point of view. That's that's the Holy Spirit at the end with with everybody there and everybody happy. You know, even the little dog <laughs> was getting car carried around. <laughs> Well, it, it's so beautiful because it was about bringing everything together, not to separate. Like, you know, it's not going to work in the separation. It's only in the joining that it, that it, that it works. You know, and, and it's, this movie is such a, a perfect example of, I do not know my own best interests. You know, she, she knew six months in her, into this relationship it wasn't going to work. But, you know, and she tried and tried and tried and tried. Um, and finally, she let it go, and found you know, in, you know, informed the, the the man of her dreams, if you will. But it's it's more it's deeper than that. Like she found she found the truth, and by sharing her private thoughts about it, allowed him to share his private thoughts, and the whole thing just cascades into this beautiful, joyous scene at the end. And I love where she said, I, I, where he said, "I'm so glad you invited all these people." And she goes, oh, no, no, they invited me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> invited All into the joining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the reinterpretations, too, of the forgiveness, because uh, at one point when she was talking to her dad, uh, she mentioned Jack again, and, and he said, oh, you saw that snake. And she said, mm, no, he's not a snake. You know, it's interesting when you have the belief that you need something outside of you to complete you, it's easy when that person doesn't behave or doesn't stay with you or doesn't do the things you want them to do. It's so easy to just call him a snake and let all the anger up with the blame. But in the end, uh, you know, Jesus taught us, uh, he said, take the stranger in. You know, as long as we believe in the ego, then all these characters seem like strangers. They, they're all separate people with separate private minds, with their own ambitions, with their private thoughts, living their private lives. And, and that's the baseline for the ego. It's just going to try to bring special people together so special ones can find love. And, you know, it's going to use the baseline and just manipulate the, the baseline of separation, and then there's huge expectations of finding love when you're looking for it in form. You know, finding the perfect mate, finding the perfect partner, finding the one, uh, you know, sometimes they say uh, about who's your, who's your better half, or so-and-so. What was the, the movie with, um, uh, where he says, you complete me? Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. You know, everyone sees that movie and then the punchline is, you complete me. Oh, that's, that's the greatest ego line of, in history, you complete me. Everyone falls for, for that one. But the flip side of you complete me is like, you complete me, but if you leave me, you snake. <laughs> I mean, you are, a, you are a complete snake if you, you're the complete package if you stay with me, and you are a complete snake if you leave and abandon me. You see, that's the love-hate relationships that Jesus spends like nine chapters, what is it, from 15 to 24, exposing 
love-hate relationships because the mind, like the old country song says, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces. Uh, you know, there's some pretty profound lines in the, even these country songs are giving it all away. You know, it's all there. And I loved how uh, she just got to the point where, no, Jack is not a snake. And then, uh, and then her father comes back with, but he broke your heart. Well, there's still some heart here. There's still a piece of that. My heart is not really broken. I'm still here. That's taking, that's really claiming your power. That's claiming your, your life, your strength in God and realizing that, that the love that you thought you had lost has never gone anywhere. It's, it's, you don't need to find something in form to complete that love. It's more just seeing past the trick of the ego. So that's a, what a warm feeling to uh, have to watch the progression of that movie. You know, it's, it's a sign of hope for all of us. You know, that you can be loving, you can be giving, you can be all-inclusive. You can let that agape love, that unconditional love, just radiate and shine to everything and everyone, and there's no need to hide your, your light. You can let it shine, and, and, and that's how you remember it. By, by extending it. Wow, what a great movie. <laughs> hmm. So, what did everybody think? What, we, we went through this with, with Dale's letter. <laughs> now, now we can go through it with the 12 dates of Christmas. Was there anything that jumped out for anyone? Did anyone, when you were watching this movie, did anything flash across your mind? Did you have any insights? Did you see anything from a broader field of vision, a broader, broader perspective with this movie? And just raise your, use that little raise your hand symbol. Oh, there's one up already. Go ahead, Stephen. The unmute um, brothers. <laughs> Stephen and Stephen and Jeff are the unmute brothers. <laughs> gotcha. No, no, no. Let's see the same lesson going on. What struck me was um, the, the, the course of parallels to Groundhog Day, but. Um, but the beauty of the metaphor here was the Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve kept repeating. So Christmas Eve was like the anticipation of the birth of, of innocence, the anticipation of the birth. In some, it, it's coming tomorrow. It's coming tomorrow. And then she's just stuck in Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. And we all kind of get all in our, our celebration of that, like the 12 days of Christmas, where at the end he would say, it's like... Uh, a, a, a festive version of a hundred bottles of beer. <laughs> you take one down, you pass it around, and we're just mesmerized by time, trying to find the, the birth, the, the holy day, the Christmas day, the, the birth of the uh, realization of that instant. So I liked how she had, just like Groundhog Day, she had to kind of give up all the scenarios, all the hypotheticals, and get true to her heart. And once she got more true to her heart, rather than that, that specialness trap of trying to plan it out or control it or figure it all out and get it all right, her 
that specialist drive um, until she kind of surrendered all that, then it, it was not Christmas. There was, it wasn't now. It was all an anticipated future event bound by time. And I love how that played out in, in my mind of, you know, the, the repeating, 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 and just those, those subtle but uh, seemingly potent specialist traps. And I think I mentioned that I love the, the two, um, in one of the shops, uh, uh, they had the two uh, lovebirds in the cage. And I just thought, well, there's your, there's your specialist symbol right there. That's where, whereas the star is the birth of the, 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 the light, you know, the light kind of shining in our mind. I think that two birds in a cage, well, that's the specialist yeah. symbol for the holidays. It's like, oh, my God, it's not it's going to work out perfectly to repeat the patterns. And, and I look at my life and I just see in my dream, okay, this is very helpful. Here's, here's where you're trying to be this. You're trying to do this. You're trying to make this happen or, or be the good guy or uh, all in an ego type of way to try to solve it. So I just like yeah. how that played out. Yeah. Days of Christmas, 100 bottles of beer. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Stephen. That's amazing. It's, uh, that is such a, a, a strong symbol of two birds in a cage versus a bright star. I mean, that's our choice. That's literally the choice we have is, is the bright star, that bright moment of remembrance, or two birds in a cage. And then when you brought up the Christmas Eve thing, it just that's the first time ever in 60 years that I've ever heard that, but that applies so perfectly to this movie in the sense that that it is very profound that the loop is all about uh, Christmas Eve uh, because when I think about when I think about the present moment when I think about awakening when I think of that aha moment when I think of the atonement it's it is this singular thing even when we talk about God God is singular you know these earthly ego words, even I've been in churches, they, they don't want to offend men or women, so their father, mother, God, they, they throw their duality on top of oneness, even at the churches, even at the metaphysical churches, the Christian science churches, father, mother, God, father, mother, father, they're afraid to offend uh, one of the genders or something, so they throw two names onto God. You know, to me, you've hit on something that's really exciting, because uh, when I think of Christ, Christmas over the years, and when I look back at all my family Christmases, you know, the, Christmas wasn't a singular celebration. It was always for us, it wasn't even one day. We couldn't even get it into one day. It had to be two. And so it was always Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So we, we didn't even talk about what? And then I hear talk to people. Do you open your presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and which is best? And it's like ah, it's just duality all over the place. And then I remember with my family when I growing up, we always jumped the gun. Oh, everything was thrown in. You talked about Christmas Eve being the anticipation. No way. No, we had the meal. We ate the food. We had the presents, we had the eggnog, everything got thrown into the 24th. And talk about a letdown, then it's like, okay, it's Christmas Day, they'd say, what games of football are on or something? <laughs> it's just like, talk about flocking out the Christ, split it, split it into two days, and then 
the, the day that you called the great anticipation, which is the loop, now that was everything. Put all the eggs into Christmas Eve, and then ho-hum, ho-hum, oh well. Let's do, uh, let's meet a few people, and you know, it was like a, a downer, almost. But, but really, we're here to, to transcend time. And so, so beautifully, how you pointed out, we need to, we need to actually start to let go of the anticipation, you know, like in the immediacy of salvation, be not content with future happiness, for it is not your just reward, for you have cause for freedom now. It's this vibrancy of right now. You know, I, I feel like more and more as we are guided by spirit, we become more spontaneous. We, we are able to say our yeses and nos in the moment, based on what we really feel in the heart. Anticipation plays no part. You know, in the end, before we thought, let's get all the juiciness out of anticipation, you know. When you're cooking the turkey, everyone's smelling the, ooh, the aroma and everything and anticipation. But anticipation plays no part. It, we really are coming to realize we have to give up this idea of the timeline and of future and past altogether. Because we'll never be uh, satisfied. So that was, I, I'm glad that you picked that out because uh, I hadn't heard that. But that, that's interesting that the loop was right there. It was right there on Christmas Eve. And uh, I think on Groundhog's Day, of course, the, the loop is on Groundhog's Day, which is just kind of a, a ritual uh, that, that we have. But Christmas, this is really getting down to the core meaning. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Okay, next up is uh, Muna. Go ahead. Yes, I loved that film. And speaking of Christmas, here in England, people don't like Christmas. And uh, <laughs> it brings a lot of stress because everyone has this ideal family gathering and all that, and families here are broken, or kids are away from their family, etc. But what it symbolizes to me is the complete letdown of the time-space idea of celebration, of celebrating Christ. And uh, it just really brings to me the, the whole idea of um, healing as remembering. Like we, I love the film, it's just was um, many, many wash cycles of remembering what's it all about and what, what the things to give up or to, yeah, the things we need to give up to remember what's it about and who we are and, and the heart connection. And the one thing that really jumped at me in connecting with what I shared earlier about the hook, like I keep getting hooked in the world and it was this um, something you said, David, or I something in the film, it's like the hook for me is still the battle of wills, it's like the ultimate uh, battle between oneness and and duality, or, or like who is right it's, it's me, it's like my own it's, it feels like my own, it's the ego's battle of will with God, it's, and it, it feels like a huge event it's like a, it feels like a like um, quantum physics uh, um, event horizon, you know, before you go into the 
deep black hole, and I still have that memory in my mind. Um, but how it manifests in the world, and even today I'm entangled with many personalities who seem to take the choice away from me. And, and I love all these films and the repetition because it reminds us what you said, uh, Jeff, you have to keep receiving the lesson until you actually learn it. I'm still receiving the lesson about this cho uh, choiceless choice versus choice. And I still get it, still keep getting hooked and angry at people stealing my choice away, which is like, again, it's this pattern of wills, but ultimately it's the pattern of will with him, with him which is um, ridiculous. But I love the film. Thank you very much. Mm. Oh, thank you, Muna. Thank you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. We have lots of hands. This is great. Um, next on the list is uh, Lenny. Go ahead, Lenny. I just thought the movie was really wonderful. Um, I could identify with the main character. <laughs> <laughs> a journey of trying to control things and then slowly letting go more and more and letting it happen soon. So, yeah, I thought it was really fun and I also thought about what I spoke about in the first session today with my yeah, feeling trapped with, with my life and then this movie was really kind of showing that she wanted to change things like she wasn't content with how things were she wanted to roll them her way and then she kind of just let go and went with what was given her and i just saw that as a great reflection on kind of my question from the first session today so i thought that was quite funny too uh, and then i also thought about what which she talked about in her relationship uh, with this guy Jack that she had actually known quite early that it wasn't maybe something to go with, but she had stayed. And um, I don't know, I just also took kind of parallels to my own life, so that was kind of an insight also. So yeah, great takeaways and lessons of that. So. It was really, yeah, really helpful. I think I'll have a bit to think about. Oh, I'm so glad. It's so so happy it was meaningful for you. I think, you know, to me it was like it's it's all in the little details. Like I remember the first time I, she met was it is it Niles, the Miles. Miles. The first time she met Miles, and he the look on her face. And he said, I ordered you a lager. Those two lagers there. And just the look on her face, almost like, are you kidding me? And then at the end, he said, oh, I hope you don't mind. I ordered you a, a lager. And she says, yeah, she was just grateful. She just started guzzling the lager right down. Because it reminds me of my life. I mean, years ago, I remember when I used to go to a restaurant and I would order, you know, take the time to order food, I had this funny, funny, funny expectation that they would bring the food that I ordered to me at the restaurant. And I just noticed over the last five, six, seven years that when I go and I order and they come and they bring whatever, 
I mean, they could bring me whatever, and, and I, they, I just take it. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even try to match what I ordered to what arrives. Because it's, I don't know, there's some kind of thing, like it's all, I'm just watching this script, and I'm like, okay, all right, this is, we'll see what this is, you know, it is, I don't even have an expectation that I'll get the food that I order at a restaurant. Or I went through this thing too with, you know, going and giving, paying for uh, for things like at a restaurant or at a fast food chain or something. And then, you know, when they give you the change, I was one of those people that used to count the change. I really did. I, I would go, and then I would say something. I'd, well, no, this isn't right. And, you know, there, I was, see how I was trying to interact with the screen and this and this. But now it's like, I don't count the change because it's. I just have this feeling that everything is just flowing perfectly. I'm not looking for errors. I'm not looking for errors. In fact, I, re I remember I read that in the Course where Jesus italicized four words. You know, he doesn't italicize many words but for emphasis, but there were these four words that were italicized and I thought, oh, I guess this is important. I better pay attention. And the four words that he italicized was, do not see error. That once we start humming in that presence, in that flow, then we let go of that mechanism that's like looking to the world to try to find errors, to try to find mistakes, to try to say something's gone wrong. And we start to relax into this idea like, wow, it's all been my own lesson. <laughs> It all was perfect, and nothing could be different than it was. There, that's just a hypothetical thought. Things could have, could have, would have, should have, and that's huge. You know, that's the serenity prayer. That's like the only lesson that we need to learn is that is to let Jesus says, "Without judgment, are all things equally acceptable?" Wow. <laughs> That's a, a powerful lesson. So thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. It sounds like you were taking it back to your own mind, going, hmm, ha-ha-ha. <laughs> you were seeing some pretty big insights there. Ah, that's great. Thank you. It's actually beautiful. Lenny and I had a conversation a little while ago about her daughter. And you remember, Lenny, that one of the breakthroughs was when we took away the element of time. Remember? That kind of freed things up. Well, what happened in this movie? When she had the big breakthrough with Miles, she forgot about the time and it went past midnight. And so she took, without even knowing it, she took time out of the equation. Gorgeous. <laughs> well, looks like we have a mother and daughter team because next is Gertie. Go ahead, Gertie. Can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Now we can. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I just want to say that me too. I thought this movie was really great. There were so many terribles that reminded me of my own life, what I've done, this loop that I have been in all, all these years. And with the course now, it's slowly unwinding everything. And one of the greatest lessons was to extend the joy and to be free of time. And what I found is that 
and especially with horses and children, you have to be here and now. Because with horses, it's just going to be a mess and they can dangerous and everything. But if you let that go, if you are with them, it's just great. That's for example when I get inspired and you get on your horse, take the other one and ride out into the woods without any saddle, no helmet, no no bit, nothing. And this is just great. Now the other thing with Alicia, Elena's little girl, um, I often forget about the time. And um, when we are having fun, you know, and I know I have to give her the food at, at lunch, and then I think, oh gosh, it's late. But we are having fun, and that is more important than anything else. And um, I was I was telling Elisa these last months, I'm trying to tell her that all that is important is the happiness that she has. And this came out in this movie, like when, when this uh, girl uh, shared all her joy and her happiness and all the world around her is lighting up. And um, this, this is what we are really here for, to, to extend that and to pull others with us and, and say, well, it's only joy. And so I think it's when Leni, when you said, well, I, I, I feel that I can't do the things because I have got Elisha. I can't do the things I want to do. Well, as Jesus says, you can't tell your advances from your retreats because Elisha is really a gift for us. But she has helped us to make the sleep and to, to really stay with, with the moment, stay with the happiness. And um, I always have to think of what John Lennon wrote about the only thing that is important is happiness. And that is what I have been telling Alicia quite a lot. And uh, some two days ago or three days ago, I was pulling on a sledge and when I stopped and I said to her, you know, Alicia, all that counts is that you are happy. And she was looking at me and I got the most beautiful hug from her and <laughs> the sweetest kiss and I felt, you know, my heart was just opening. I felt she understood. And we had so much fun. We were riding down the slope and we were screaming and laughing. And that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, and, and we didn't think about time. We just had fun. And, and well, um, and another thing is that when I see these movies, uh, or movie clips, or uh, what I should say, no, not movie clips, uh, video clips on, on uh, Facebook. There is, for example, this farmer dancing in his barn with his broom and his shovel, and it's just joy. That's, that's how we should do it. And every time I can do that, it's just, oh, I feel so blessed and so happy. <laughs> and I just want to share that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I like the little things too, like we have our movie watcher's guide to enlightenment and and the actress that plays in this movie, we also they, they move around from our enlightenment movies. She also plays in The Way of the Peaceful Warrior and her name in that movie is Joy. And she ends up marrying um, the, the lead character, what was his name? Uh, Dan Millman, yeah. She's the, who Dan ends up... So it's like all these little connections but 
but you're, you're letting the Holy Spirit pour through you. The Holy Spirit channels through grandmas and says wonderful things to granddaughters like, only happiness is important. And, and you know, that's what, that's what it's all about, is, is uh, letting the Spirit come through us. <laughs> so you're, you're a great witness for grandmothers everywhere in the universe to teach your children well. <laughs> Speak the truth. <laughs> that's beautiful. Okay, next is uh, Julie. Go ahead, Julie. Hi. Um, uh, that movie is, is amazing because it's been uh, twice uh, now that I uh, watch it, uh, like in a the, in the short period of time. And um, I've seen a few things in the first, um, uh, in the first time I, I watched it. And this time was I, like I, I couldn't stop smiling and seeing my life, seeing myself. It's just, it, it was amazing. And one thing is the repeating. So the repeating, I, I saw it as a curse um, more than, than a blessing. And this time, I saw it as as um, almost like a, a blessing. Like, okay, you you did not understand. It's okay, or you you know you um, how can I put it? There is a patience, a patience, a kindness behind it. It's like spirits is saying, it's okay, it's okay. If you're scared, if you, if you fall, if you forget, it's okay. You know, it doesn't matter if the ego is a tough nut to crack, like you said. <laughs> it's, you know, he's coming back. And I felt, I felt so blessed and, and, and cared for, um, you know, seeing that loop again. And instead of creating an, an anxiety feeling, created that like a, oh, I can relax because if if I don't get it or if I, it's okay, it's all okay. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That's beautiful. Time is kind when it's used by the Holy Spirit. Time is kind. Yeah. Sima, go ahead, Sima. Hi, hello. Um, Hi. Yeah, I, I, I've seen, I've seen this movie before, and um, this time I was really struck by uh, what, what I could relate to is as I was thinking about when we feel like something needs to be different, like outside, something has to be different. I want this one to be different. I want this from this one. So like, there's like this neediness. And I was reflecting, like how the you know the, the main character, like how she wants the, the the wedding and she wants this, and so there's this constant feeling of like going out of oneself, and like you're not here, you're not here, and like a sense that you're not home. And I was thinking how 
you know, as a mother, as a daughter, as a doctor, you know, all the roles of that, like, there's a sense of, like, you're caretaking or you want this for this person and it's not seeming to happen this way. So, again, like, you're not, you're not home. You're not in yourself. And so there is sadness. There is this sense of, like, oh, it's not right. You know, I'm not happy. Or, and, and then it's so, it's so difficult because you've made these premises that my happiness is outside. It comes from this, then it comes from that. And so it is this really, really painful loop. And I, I really understood that more clearly, like that sense of displacement. Like, and, and referring back to that letter, you know, it's the home, capital H, and not home. Like, just what the difference of that is and how that is that real, like, like in the end, how she's, um, you know, like, I'm about my father's business. Like, she's just going about doing, you know, shining and, and, and just the contrast between those two birds in the cage and prison and, and then being this shining star of light where she's just radiating. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm here to offer love. I'm here to offer happiness. And, and not even waiting to see what happens. Just like, you know, just doing, 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 but in a in such a powerful way, like coming from really the strength, you can feel it, and it's gentle, and it's it's just, uh, so that was really lovely. I, I really felt I could, you know, take that in and, and really sit with that and sit with that. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, her humor was coming through at the end. Uh, it started off that, you know, the, the thing was going around that she can't bake, and in the end, she bakes this amazingly intricate cake, brings it to share with everybody, says, I baked it. And then they said, when did you bake it? She said, today. When did you learn to bake? Today. She said, and that's an inside joke. You know, she's, she's so happy and so confident that she's making inside jokes. We know what the inside joke is, that she's... <laughs> She's been looping. She had plenty of days to practice. But, you know, it's, it's in one day. I learned it in one day. And it's all that time collapse. But, but I love the laughter and the lightness, making jokes over what was the sore point before. She doesn't bake, you know, like a defect. And then she turns it into this great blessing of, of giving and, and sharing with everybody. So that's, that's the Holy Spirit coming in there and just turning, turning the whole thing around. And it's nice. See, we see the same movies, but we see a little more each time because we're more ready to see. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful point about being more ready to see. Because, David, you know the story of... of uh, the lady that watched a movie and they said, well, what did you think of the movie? And she said, well, I actually didn't see much of the movie. I watched David watch the movie. And she goes, I know he's seen this a hundred times, but it looks to me as though he's seen it for the first time. And, and that's what, you've taught me that. Because like I had, you know, Ben and I years ago in the monastery, we would, watch, we would watch all these movies and then it would be a movie gathering night. Oh, no, no, we've already seen it. What a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fresh, brand new, yeah. Meeting in the first time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Miss Teresa has her hand up. Go ahead, Miss Teresa. Yes. Um, when I have my agenda, I'm going to go here and meet this person and do this thing. Everybody else is an accessory and I just ignore you, but when I drop my agenda 
the joining is with whoever is right in front of me in that moment. And that movie was really good about that. She really got to know people. And um, it just changes everything when you realize your purpose is joining right now, where whatever that is and whoever it is in the moment. So that really meant a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Teresa. That's a great way of describing it. Because the my agenda is almost like the blinders on where there's a definitely a fixed expectation and who I'm focused on, who, who, what outcome I want. And then the other way is like, it's just like quantum. It's just like the whole situation is like you've got these giant arms that you're just embracing and hugging and welcoming everyone, no matter what they're doing. That's like the setting the goal section where Jesus says, if you have the goal out in front, then you'll perceive everyone playing their part perfectly to achieve the goal. If the goal is not out in front, then you, you just look back and you judge. Did you like it? Did you not like it? You know, it, it's always backward looking, but that goal out front, that's what we're practicing. Another movie that's coming to mind, that Jeff might remember this one, and maybe a lot of you do, is that movie About Time. Uh, that's a movie uh, where, where the main character can, can go back uh, in time when he goes into a dark closet. But he actually, the lesson is not trying to fix the past, which he was using the, the power for, but then he starts to just get so into the moment and so into acceptance and so into just being totally with whoever's in front of him that he starts to let go of this whole idea that something went wrong. And then he kind of glides through the day with this beautiful outlook and uh, starts to realize there's really no fascination in changing the past. Uh, you know, it's like a, something that was played around with. But actually, for all of us, that means that we need to have that, that kind of open-minded, big-hearted, expansive uh, purpose in front of us, because that's how we're going to be happy. And this uh, having an agenda, we, we know how it feels when we, we try that, you know. And by contrast, we, we learn pretty quick. Can't go there anymore. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Mary Williams. Go ahead, Mary. Hi, everybody. Um, what I was relating to was um, the patterns that kept repeating the, and the unwinding process, and it, it was played out of this movie with the 12 days. I can look back at my own life and see this unwinding going on from, like, at first she thought she knew. She knew who her neighbor was. She knew who her old boyfriend was. She knew what everything was, and I can see in my own life coming from that place of thinking I know, and then moving, just allowing that, allowing that to unwind, you know, through, through all that the Holy Spirit has provided. And now I'm in the midst of unwinding relationships with family, because I think I know who my sister is. I think I know who my, and they're, you know, they're showing up already as awesome people, but I'm like finding complaints about some of the ways they're being. And so part of what I, learn from this movie is just, you know, being, watching spirit work gently in all of these opportunities, and I don't know shit, you know, I think I know, 
And yet when they show up, it is so beautiful when I allow it just to be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't you love that? Even when you get witnesses of that, like sometimes looking into a baby's eyes or uh, just that that complete blank present look where there's there's no memory of a past and it's so precious I mean I was left, about a week ago I think um, uh, our, our cat Iso just jumps up on the kitchen table there's you know he doesn't even know what a rule is you know it's like if somebody said rule to him he would just look like what is that so he's He's up on the table in search of some scraps or something, and uh, and then I think Svava got uh, some milk. She puts uh, she finished her bowl of Cheerios and milk, and so she she puts the bowl. She's saying, "Here, here, come down," and then she puts the bowl there, and he just has this look in his face, like he doesn't know what a bowl is, he doesn't know what milk is. It was just the most spectacular face. Like, what is this? Like, like he has no memory whatsoever of the past. He's, he's getting into these samadhi states where he's completely clueless. And that's like our goal, you know, is to come to the I don't know mind. You know, that's actually salvation. I do not know the thing I am, what I'm doing, where I'm going, how to look upon myself or the world. And it's quite amazing to think with all the conditioning and learning, we're just being lifted up to a place of not knowing. That it's kind of funny that that's the way to heaven or to knowledge, as the Course calls it, is through not knowing anything at all about this world. So that's why I was saying before, the world has to be forgiven before it can be understood. <laughs> because it, if we try to understand based on the past, you know, even with relatives or anything, then the joy is gone. The joy just disappears as soon as we think we know something. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, that's very practical right here for the holidays. That you could carry that torch all the way through, <laughs> through the next three weeks. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay. Couple more hands. Um, next one is Peter. Go ahead, Peter. Hi David, hi everybody. Um, I found that really difficult, that film. I even fell asleep through some of it. And uh, Mary, the last person, when she was talking about thinking I know, that that really resonated with me. And I, I think that I'm in some sort of um, inner confusion at this moment, that I, real, I think I'm realizing that that's, that's a strong place inside of me that I think I know. And I felt, I, I can feel quite embarrassed at this moment because the film really illustrated that that's just not helpful at all. It's just an obstacle. Um, that, that was just one of the things. So that yes, it's just needing, needing to let go of control in some way. And, and yeah, that's it. Beautiful. Yeah, Peter, you might, there's another movie that called Before I Fall that's really a good one because it's, uh, you know, it's high school, uh, high school girls that, and, the, and the gossip level goes really high and all this thing that 
deep down they don't even like how it feels to gossip. But everybody does it, you know? It's like it's the only game in town in high school. And, and yet that movie is so profound because the main character goes through a, a series of, again, replays like, like we just saw in order to finally be shown that, oh my gosh, I thought I knew what was happening. I thought I knew what, was, what my best interests were. I thought I knew something. And then it kind of flips it around. So there's, there's a number of movies. And at first, when you see them the first time, it's a bit unsettling. Because, you know, it's, it's like it's a, it's a direct hit to the ego, like a torpedo. But then you watch a few more of them and then you go, oh, okay. You know, there's some kind of humbleness that starts to come in, you know, when we're ready. Yeah. And, and it's 
and something inside me is saying, that's not yours. That's just not yours. That's, it was just a metaphor. It's just an example. That's just not yours. Uh, <clears throat> but it still feels kind of strange because, uh, and if I, if, and, and I really am getting it, that if I make a cake and take it to my Hispanic neighbors that I really adore, because I feel like I should want to do that, and, and I, I don't, I love them, uh, but I just don't. I don't want to go out and serve the homeless. I, you know, I just, it's really weird. I, I really love doing this. I love sharing with my companions. I love, um, you know, I, a lot of things are changing. A lot of new people are coming in, but other things are dropping away. And I, yeah, I'm just like, I want to make sure that I'm coming from that really inspired place rather than you should feel more love or you should care, you know, I don't know. There's just something in there that I'm, I'm wanting to release and, and be honest about. It feels kind of strange not to, you know, not to feel, not to be, it feels like it would be a sacrifice of, of me to do something that is not calling me. So I want to be uh, real clear on whether it's calling me, whether it's spirit calling or whether it's ego just telling me I, sh I should be more altruistic, more caring, more loving, more giving. After all, they're my neighbors. You know, I, I don't know. This movie brought me something. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like that, that scene where she went over and... And, you know, she was like avoiding the neighbor the first couple times around. And then she finally tries to resist, but the neighbor says, come on, come on, come on, and takes her in there, and then things open up. But, yeah, I hear what you're saying in, in, in the sense that it's not, there's not a formula, but if, if you've had a life where there's been uh, lots of people-pleasing, like lots of unconscious pleasing, where you're just living for other people, and you're all caught up into their dramas and so forth, it's quite a reversal to come out of that, you know. In fact, the spirit oftentimes will, will have you step way back, and sometimes go off into the woods, or I mean really go way, way back, because the mind is so uh, addicted into looking for approval, looking for acceptance, looking for likes, and, and, and you have to go through almost like a detox. And I feel like that's where you are, and that's why the Spirit was saying it's not yours. It was really saying it's not for you, it's not for you. Uh, and, and it's interesting too because you're, you're touching on a very deep topic, and, and our, our topic for next month is undoing the doer. Uh, that's our topic for online retreat. You're you're just like doing a commercial for uh, because that that hesitation that you're describing is 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 quite uh, deep for a lot of people, and and it's almost like doing is so associating with associated with with worthiness, with helpfulness. A lot of social services, for example, Catholic social services is based on helping others. And I've known so many social workers over the years, because I was in social services myself, and I know so many, and some of them go through enormous burnout. Like after 5, 10, 15, 20 years of helping others, they are fried. They, they have no energy, they feel worn out, and so on and so forth, because 
it's not so much a matter of doing in service for others in a, in a form way, but it's really through that inspiration of letting the Spirit uh, do it through you, so to speak. And that, that takes quite a lot of uh, mind training to allow that to happen. But that's why we have that uh, next uh, retreat coming up. That's a very, very important topic. You could talk to many people in our community and they would say, we're right with you, Mary. <laughs> we, nobody likes the feeling of, of, I should do that, I should do this. I always say, don't should on yourself. <laughs> so that's my advice for you now, don't should on yourself. <laughs> Gail, <laughs> cheering it on, cheering us on, yeah. That must have sparked something in Lenny, her hand is up again. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was just thinking about when Mary talked about that thing that the, yeah, what you should do, I, I've been in that kind of thinking for so long. Having horses, I've had horses since I was like 10, like 12 years old. And so many years I just kept riding and grooming and doing stuff with them out of the obligation that I have to train them a certain amount of time each week. And that really has come to a, a really big unwinding. So like David said, it's almost a detox time where you step way back and I find myself like almost doing nothing for long periods of time and I think that is just, it's so, it feels so unusual and it takes so much to just allow that because there are so many doubts coming up to just when you go into the stepping back because you, you believe you should do it a certain way. And for me, it just has been uh, over many years releasing that more and more. And for me, the funny thing now lately is that the guidance just has come in to let the horses go entirely. And that is just something I never thought would happen. I really thought I would have horses like my whole life. and. Uh, they have been so dear to me, and they still are, but things have shifted around, and one of our horses is really old, so it will be quite natural for him to move on this summer, and that leaves us with one horse. And I just felt now is the time. Um, um, I just, I've told Holy Spirit a hundred times, he's yours, I don't own him, and you take care of him. And I'm just handing it over and saying, I hope I'll find a home for him. Um, and I'm just going to give him away. So um, uh, that's just yeah, how it went for me. And I, and I had also expectations about how that would look like, that, OK, this is now the last winter. Now we will have a lot of fun. We can do stuff. And then I find myself 
not having the time and the energy and not even the inspiration to write. So it's like been a month since I last went out with him, but I just feel it's so important to allow that, to just step back. And it feels so like unfamiliar, so, so weird. But it's just, I just have to, I'm just really focused on, I'm not gonna do it if I feel that I should. If I don't feel inspired, I've got to stay off. I'm not going there. So, and that is just what has kept me, but the ego is coming again and again and saying, oh, you should do it this way, and you could at least do this in just 10 minutes and everything, but I'm not, I'm just, no, 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 no. I'm going with the inspiration, and when it comes, I'm going to grab, but otherwise I'm just leaving it. So that's just, yeah. Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you, Lenny. Yeah, we have we have a, a friend Frank, and and he's dealt with horses. We yeah, I call him nickname is the Horse Whisperer because he he's so good with horses. But but he had to step completely out. Uh, uh, it seemed to be a pretty strong sign sign with his back, but it was really just a sign to step away, step, step away from managing them, controlling them, step away from, from even some of the help, helpful things that he's done with horses. It was like, okay, now we need to transfer the training to humans. <laughs> and so, so we'll step away from the horses and practice here with you know, your sister and Lisa and the different ones that are with him. And yet, the the spirit can bring in those whims because he was just over in Mallorca, and this place, uh, the owner who's who's selling us this house, it looks like uh, she loves horses and healing hands. And so, Frank just goes off all day horse riding with her without any shoulds, just like a little kid off riding horses. He doesn't own the horses. When they come in, you know, he doesn't have to do anything with the stable, you know. So it's nice how it's to think of the horses are just like a symbol that the spirit can use with you in a very light way. And all of those obligations and duty that the ego tries to use and, and keep you trapped in guilt, that's what you're letting go of. You know, and, and it's kind of fun to see what shows up then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, next is um, Holly. Go ahead, Holly. Um, I've really been enjoying this year so far, and Angie's coming through a lot about the obligations and duties, and um, you know, about the extended to the neighbors. I, I can, I'm really finding a lot of that applicable to what my life is like at the moment. Um, so I suppose my question is this. An extension of that is, you know, you were talking, can't remember, because I stayed up through the night, so I can't remember if it was earlier or yesterday, mm -hmm. um, when you were talking about going through the people-pleasing press, or no, it was the, um, it was where it was no private thoughts fast, and I thought, I've had a hard time with um, the no private thoughts. Because I, for so long I've been trying to monitor my reactions 
I guess it began a, a few years back, um, probably when I, you know, about four years ago when I went into a 12-step program and I sort of realized that I had so many reactions on so many ways of handling things that it really put me into quite a bit of strife over the years. And so I, that's when I really was able to dive into my meditation practice and, um, you know, which ultimately led me to the course a few years ago. But, and so one of the things now, it's like I usually pause, I really try and pause quite often, especially if I have a strong emotion come up, like anger or anytime I feel a really big pushback from the ego, my first reaction is to just sort of hold off. Um, because I'm thinking I'm going to just have some anger reaction or something and I don't actually see the full situation because more often than not, when I take the time and I look at the situation, I see that I only have one perspective where I, I could have been viewing it in a different way and it was usually thinking quite a bit of self or quite a bit of separation of what I have versus what you have or, you know, it comes out in all sorts of ways. Um, so I've been having a lot of struggle with the thinking, you know, the no private thoughts and just letting all that up because in a lot of ways I fear that I might do some damage because I sometimes think that my first reaction is not always the best one to have. And um, so it's uh, I've been finding just a little bit of that, yeah, a little bit of guidance in that regard would be great because I think what you're saying, especially towards this new year, would be a, a really beautiful kind of put in place some new learning and, you know, and some new patterns that, you know, would start off next year into um, just getting closer to, closer to God and closer to what really matters. So anything you could say to that, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Holly. Yeah, I think it. a lot of it depends, like with community, it's so much the accepted norm and, and uh, because it's set up that way, um, it's encouraged so much, and 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 over the years, oh, we've had all kinds of of emotions like volcanoes and geysers of all kinds of things coming up, and and then after a while, it's everyone's so cued in and keyed into the the presence and the allowance of that and the value of that. But actually, um, from what you're describing with your situation. Uh, Kirsten's been starting to just spontaneously do these journaling uh, retreats and workshops. And uh, for a lot of people, that's extremely helpful uh, because they, they haven't done it or they haven't really let themselves fully go into that. Um, I know she just got a, a recent uh, invitation to come to Denmark to do a writing workshop. She just did one in Miami, Florida. Uh, she's got another invitation uh, popping up in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil now. So she did one, and then it just was such a big hit. You know, everyone's like, my God, what am I missing? You know, because they're like you. They really want to get in touch with what's underneath. But there seem to be certain situations and environments without the right uh, people and, and without that uh, allowance and depth and uh, presence, then it's it can be it can seem to do more damage. That's where the the guidance comes in of what you're asking. What is truly helpful for me? Because people have just tried to just let it all up, and then it seems to be like they start a forest fire. <laughs> like, wait a minute, I I thought this was going to free my mind, and now it's like a, there's a fire burning out of control around me. 
So I think the journaling can be helpful. And, um, and then, yeah, we have had different people that I've worked with that kind of have find different ways to stepping, stepping away because they do value getting in touch with, with those emotions. And, and that is important. Even when I went to China, you know, the first time and, and subsequent times, uh, they were kind of reflecting this idea like, David, you don't know what our culture's like. Like, we are into systematic suppression and repression. And for them, it was like playing with a new toy. The idea that they could talk about that and let up their emotions, uh, it was like an explosion. Uh, and. Uh, I did a number of sessions with them and a number of one-on-ones where they, people were allowed to really let their emotions up and they, they felt so much better. <laughs> they were like so grateful. But in the end, after my third or fourth time, I just prayed to Jesus and I said, uh, uh, what do you want me to do? It's the last day with this group in China. And uh, he said, dance party. And I'm telling you, these Chinese people danced like you like they they had there was no end to it they just i put put on the music and cranked it up and that was another way for them of of letting go and expressing because they were so uh they were censoring their words censoring their emotions and stuffing so much that they had to kind of go in the other direction and uh and then i did the time i was there with lisa and uh and Jenny and a whole group of uh, people. Uh, we did. I did tell this huge room of 225 people. I said uh, tonight, Lisa's going to do a dance party with you. Just just look into her eyes and just trust. And uh, I didn't show up, but these people they went into a huge dance party. They circle encircled Lisa. She was singing to them, they were singing to her, and and uh, this one mild-mannered guy, James, who was hosting us, he ripped his shirt off like something like Tom Jones from over in Europe, uh, and was just, they were dancing like there was no tomorrow. And they actually picked Lisa up and started throwing her like six or seven feet into the air, and she even peed in her pants uh, because she just talk about a let go. You know, she's she tried to censor and control, but what do you do when you've got 225 Chinese people throwing you up in the air, and you've in, encouraged them and egged them on? Like, come on, let's have some some joy here. They gave her some joy. <laughs> they threw her up in the air. So, you know, we've had some. We have a lot of experience with this actually, and I think at the journaling right where you're at right now just at this point maybe the journaling is a, is a good start there <laughs> thank you <laughs> okay a couple more hands um, let's see the order here okay Mary go ahead um yeah uh, David, thank you. I, I just uh, this has been uh, amazing. I, I actually, when you said that your time right now is is, is to detox, and I, it just resonated with me. I just had Holy Spirit chills all over. I was just like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's what I needed to hear. It was like the perfect the the perfect thing for me. I, I'm on a, a detox. Um, I'm, and and 
when you were talking about some people pull away and everything drops away. My, my gosh, I've been in this house in Arkansas for for uh, 10 weeks now, I think, and away from everybody and gradually I've just been by myself other than with Mighty Companions and I'm doing a lot online with you guys and I've never felt more surrounded by love and with, you know, it's just, it's just wonderful. And that my family, I, 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 if I don't watch them too too much, everything's fine. But if I notice um, that they're kind of getting upset with me, and uh, my husband's feelings are really hurt, and you know, it's it's. Um, I'm realizing that um, uh, I, I I'm still I'm still watching. So it's that it's that people pleaser fast is so perfect for me, and the detox. So I want to thank you because it's almost like you you know what 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 I'm where I am because that's what I really am doing is pulling back away from everything right now and I'm a very social person so it's it's kind of interesting but it's unfolding in a, a beautiful way and 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 I'm excited about next month's retreat so I just wanted to thank you so much. that's great you're our poster child for. For next month, for January. <laughs> uh, sweet. Okay, a couple more hands. Uh, Peter, go ahead. Hi, uh, I, I spoke a little bit earlier, but I don't think it was accurate what I said. And I kind of just having spoken. I've had a chance to kind of sense it better, and I can see that actually I've been in a state of shock, and that um, I think I just, since you through the whole retreat and then watching the film, at some deeper level beyond my intellect, I can see that I could... This is what is opening. I can feel it. It's like the script is written, and there's absolutely nothing for me to do. And just to be present with it. Um, oh. That's what I, oh. yeah, I said. Oh. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Mm, it's precious. That's everything. Yeah, we're we're right there with you on that because it's it is you have these heart openings, but there can seem to be a shock before the the opening, and uh, we're so there with you. We just feel you. We just feel your love and feel. Yeah, we're just so right with you. Thank you. Ah, oh, precious. We've got a couple of minutes. There's one hand left. It's uh, Heidi. Go ahead, Heidi. Hello. Um, yes, so I was just thinking about how the spirit can use anything that the ego has made. Um, and so in, my, in the beginning for me, I, because my life is so restrictive, I thought about what could Holy Spirit use for me for the unwinding. And, and it turned out it was my dogs. That was my biggest... That's the thing that I had most value in. And so um, I, I was able to learn a couple of things. Well, lots of things, but the couple that come to mind and what was what comes to mind, like for Lenny and the horses and the baby. I mean, we can use, he can use anything. Um, 
so like for this bad thing, I, I don't recall what the first part of it is, but it says something, and then it says where the mind is not thinking of anything at all. Um, I don't know if it's something to do with when you're thinking with the split mind, but, but I, I don't recall where, what it actually says before that, but where it says that the mind's not actually thinking at all. And um, I had an experience of that where I had the two dogs, I had two at one point, and they were both wanting to go in different directions. And I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> so it was like I was stuck there, and to me that was that metaphor of the mind not thinking at all through the split mind, because one dog was splitting off one side and one was splitting off to the other. And so that was one lesson. And then another one is, I've got this one that is just very timid, very, it's like noises frighten her. And, and anyway, so I, I, it, it, the, the metaphor that came in was that it's, the Holy Spirit would be like myself, where I know what the noise means. I know that there's no harm. My dog is like me as the human, thinking that everything, you know, that the unknown is so scary. But the Holy Spirit knows that everything's okay. Everything is, I'm going to be okay. Just like I have to tell my little dog, you're safe, it's okay, you're okay. So I just bring those up to show that the Holy Spirit can use anything, anything that we're experiencing in our life at this time to, to teach us and unwind the mind. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you for that. That's a beautiful way to end, end this session, is that without reminder. Because we do have some time before our, our session tomorrow. I think we'll, we'll have a, a, a panel, a panel discussion tomorrow. We'll get as many chairs as we can in, but I think, who's all joining us? Laverne, Ricky, Jenny, Francis, Jenny. So we'll, it'll be a beautiful panel discussion, but that's a great thought to end on today that the Holy Spirit can use anything and just to stay open, like Heidi was saying. Oh. <laughs> it's, oh, there's the dogs. <laughs> Sweet. They're all coming in here. Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you for an amazing day. Amazing day. And for at different time zones, for some of you, like uh, watching all through the night, or yeah, it all blends together. Especially, I can only imagine watching something like this over the in the middle of the night, <laughs> like losing track of the hours and everything. Yeah, we talked about that at lunch. Laverne was saying how how everything we just lost track of time. It's like time just is collapsing and. Yeah, I was a, a little surprised this morning when I even looked up at the clock on the wall. It was like, whoa, where did it all go? So, well, thank you so much. And Jeff, what a joy. I really enjoyed doing this. I know how you love the movies, and, and I do. And we, we're like on an adventure to see what we see. And then to, the, our greatest joy is to be with a group of, of loving beings like this and hear the the cascading insights that everybody is offering uh, to me that is that's a, an amazing uh, movie gathering when you have all those blessed souls sharing their wisdom and insights on top of 
of everything. Uh, that just that's whipped cream and cherries on top. So we love you. <laughs> we love you, and we thank you so much. <laughs> oh, so dear. <laughs>